Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Believing and Achieving podcast. There are so many podcasts out there, and I am so grateful you chose to be here now. Today, we are so blessed to hear from one of my biggest inspirations and idols, Lily Ritchie. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Um, Lily is a certified online fitness and nutrition coach, um, an ICN bikini pro, host of the Raw Reality podcast, a content creator, and a rider wear athlete. We yep. are so incredibly <laughs> blessed to have you on here today. So first question it's, I always um, start out with, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's so weird being on the other end because I have my own podcast. I'm only interviewing people. It's so strange being on the other end, but I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I've been on my brother's podcast too, and you kind of you get so used to like your own flow that it's like when you're on someone else's, it's kind of a different vibe, but yeah. It's fun. <laughs> um, so first question to start us off is where did you grow up and how did that influence who you are today? Oh, that is a good question. Okay. So I grew up in Melbourne, Australia. So I pretty much have lived there my whole life. Um, and that was such a really good place to live. Me and my family are super close. So that obviously really helped being having a tight bond with them as well. And then my school friends and everything like that, I was super close to them. I did cheerleading growing up too, which I know is huge in America, not as big in Australia, but that was um, what I did pretty much growing up. And I would say cheerleading in Melbourne defined who I am today because the whole program that I was with was Outlaws Cali Girls and they were probably or still are probably the best in Australia at the time and that was basically what made me who I am today through the discipline the motivation and just pushing yourself to your biggest capabilities and potential yeah I really like that I think it's it's really cool to see how much sports can influence that Cause it's like, oh, you're, yeah. when you're, especially when you're young too, like when you're first starting out and you're young and you're learning those habits that like people are working their whole lives to get to, you know, like if you can instill those super young, then it's like, you can keep them going forward for the rest of your life. So that's really yeah, cool. I, I think sports are one of the most pivotal thing into developing who you are truly as a person, because it just ingrains those little habits in you that you actually wouldn't get if you didn't do a sport. And I find that really important that's being able to like, it's even just like coming down to like time management, working as a team, um, pushing yourself and organization, all those things. Because I did that in year 12 um, through like all my exams and everything. So you have to be so organized. And without that, I really don't think I would be as organized as I am these days. Mm, yeah, mm. that's a great point. Because I I think a lot of people, especially with how much distractions, this is kind of going like off from the question I was going to ask you, but um. I do have a question now that we've talked about this is like, what are some of the ways you've managed? Like, what is, what is some of your time management um, tips and tricks? Like, do you have some that you okay. work with every day? Yeah. So I like to call myself um, organized chaos. I'm definitely not the most organized person at all, but I get everything done that I need to. And 
that works for me. So I'm not going to like sit here and preach like I'm organized. I'm always two weeks ahead. I'm absolutely not, but that's not my personality. I'm someone who knows everything that I need to do. Um, I use an app called Notion, which absolutely is a lifesaver. Get on it. And that is where I write all of my um, to-do list and everything I need to do for the week. And I also just use Google Calendar and those things pretty much keep me on track to staying organized as much as possible. And I also find the biggest thing is honestly just writing out what you have to do every day. And that's like what I do. I kind of do it week by week, day to day. I know some people go like months ahead, but that doesn't work with me because I feel like my life changes so much that if I try to plan too far ahead, it doesn't work. So I like to keep it as simple as possible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very similar to me as well. It's kind of like my brother kind of gave me this idea of like, put the top three things, like write everything you needed to get done for the day and like bold the top three things you need to get done. So it's like, you get what's most important, like out of the way, get it done. And then it's like, everything else will come as it, as it can. Right. Cause like you said, days change, like there might be like a, a friend event, you're going to lunch or you're going out to eat and you like allow those kind of like you know, connections and like, you have to kind of throw off your schedule for the day sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, especially owning your own business. It's really actually hard to keep boundaries in place because I don't have a time schedule. I can do my training programs at nine. I can do them in the morning. I don't actually have to be anywhere at a specific time. So that would be the number one thing that I'm like facing at the moment is trying to make sure you still set boundaries for yourself, but also implement flexibility as well because I have worked to be where I am in the position I am in am I I'm allowed to have that flexibility but it's also making sure that like you said you get those three most important things done at the very start of the day and then you're able to carry on that flexibility throughout the rest Mm. yep exactly yeah it's like it it is learning balance it's so hard because like Mm. like you said some days like you might be too far on one side and then too far on another but it's just like I think having those experiences to kind of be like, okay, I know what I actually need to do now because like I've had those experiences where it's been too far on one side or the other, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I've definitely experienced both sides and I'm sure you have too. And just everyone growing up in their twenties has definitely experienced both sides, trying to figure out that balance between not burning yourself out, but then also not doing nothing on a day-to-day basis and still trying to achieve your goals as much as possible. And it's definitely hard to find the balance between hustling and being productive in a way that you're not burning yourself out, but we're getting there. We definitely are. Totally. Yeah. And I just Mm -hmm. have to like, kind of go on a little tangent about Lily, you guys. Um, she like, you are one of the hardest workers by far, like just from what I've seen, like I have ever seen. And you have such, I think it's so incredible, like how young you are and how you have your own business. Like people Mm. are in their forties still trying to figure out what they want to do when they grow up. So it's like, yeah, already like have established this business and you're like, um, striving to do these things. And you're always so centered on growth and development. I just think it's so cool. And it's so inspirational to those around you. Oh, thank you. It was definitely one of those things that I not fell into, but I was struggling for a few years there, figuring out what my purpose was, what I wanted to do. Cause I studied at university. I studied a business degree. Then I went into like corporate, I guess, like marketing. And I just did not feel passion to wake up every day and go to work or do those types of things. And I was like, I don't want to live like this my rest of my life. I don't want to wake up and be like, oh, I have to go to work today. I want to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go do this for work today. And I wanted every single day to be different. Um, And then I kind of just came to reality when I really just put my foot down and said, you know what, I'm going to stop trying to please everyone else. And I think it's time to please myself and go on my own journey. And it is well and truly paid off because only what I launched my own business October last year. And it's kind of just all happened since then. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like, I love exactly what you just said about like, stop trying to please people actually start like working for yourself. I think mm. that's where the most change happens, like in anyone's life. Cause it's like, you think about even when someone embarks on a fitness journey, that's putting yourself first. That is stop yeah. like people pleasing. That's like working for you. Right. And so I think yeah. a lot of the people who are working in these corporate jobs who have maybe been taught that they have to be, and there's nothing like wrong with working in a corporate job, but it's just that like, if you are doing that as like, you know, you don't have a purpose, you're just doing it to kind of pass the day. It's like, it's not fulfilling you. You're never mm. going to like please yourself. You're always going to be pleasing yeah. other people. And so I like yeah. how you brought that up. Yeah. I always said to my dad, I would rather earn less money and be happy in a job than earning millions, let's say, and be miserable. Like, that's not what I want to do. I want to wake up and feel, like you said, fulfilled and feel purposeful. And I still have so many friends that go to their nine to five and absolutely love it. They, they wake up excited. They're moving up the corporate ladder and they love that. And that's what fuels them. And that is also amazing and incredible for them, but it's finding what truly lights your fire and what makes you excited every day. And my dad also owns his own business. And I see that he's so excited to wake up every day and he works well and truly over nine to five. Like God, the hours he works is crazy, but he loves it and he wouldn't change it for the world. And that's like everyone in life has a different purpose. And you may not find it, like you said, till you're 40 years old, but as long as you still keep striving and changing career paths and figuring out what works for you, you will absolutely get there if you just try. Because some people think that they're too old to try and like start a new job or too old to go back and study. And it basically, if you keep halting that or you keep not doing that, you're just going to get older and older and older. And then you're going to get to a point where you go, if I started five years ago, I would actually be in the position that I'm owning my own business and loving my life. So it's basically just starting now and finding your purpose that way. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's so funny because like, there's so many things. I don't know how, but it's just like, there's so many things I relate to you on. Like my dad owns his own business. Same thing. Yeah. He's very um, business-minded and like loves what he does. So it's like the same idea where it's just that, yeah. like you see that in someone else. And I think it makes you like, it kind of gives you the hope and the realization that you can do it too. So that's, I think a really instrumental thing. And a lot of people I've noticed is that they have like mentors or family members who have also like started their own businesses and they're like, Oh, like I can do it if they can mm -hmm. do it, you know? Exactly. I think family members are very influential in your life and they are kind of not all the time, but they are key motivators. And I don't think without my dad, I would have gone out on my own, but like him showing me that you are capable of it. And he's definitely helped me like in the way of setting up my business, doing all the taxes, it's helped so, so much kind of navigating my way through that. Um, so I definitely think that having family members as a source of inspiration too helps so much. So, so much. Mm. Totally. Okay. So next question for you. Um, can you give the audience a little background on your fitness journey? Okay. So pretty much I have always been into health and fitness, into the gym, but it's definitely gone through ebbs and flows in my life. I originally did gymnastics and then mainly cheerleading growing up through until I started like my first year of university or college in America. Um, and I did it all the way until then. And then I moved states. So I moved from Melbourne to Adelaide, followed my boyfriend and we lived in Adelaide for a while. And I went into my social era. I was like, I wouldn't say partying all the time, but it was definitely more like socializing, living on my own the first time. 
And I did F45. Um, I didn't go to the gym by myself at all. And I was just mainly focusing on cardio. But again, it wasn't a huge priority. If I missed a session, cool. I probably went like three times a week. Some day weeks I wouldn't even go. But I had, I would say, quite an unhealthy relationship with food in terms of I had no willpower. I would have to eat the whole block and then I would start off chocolate, let's say, and then I have to start a diet on Monday. And it was very up and down restrictive to binging. And I just could not find that healthy balance within myself. And then after that, I moved back to Melbourne and this was like kind of during the COVID time as well. And I started getting back into the gym um, more towards like strength training. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like I would go in the corner, just lift dumbbells, scared of going to the men's section. Like I was a little girl at that time. Um, and then probably from there, I had someone approach me at the gym and they said, you'd be great. I'm doing a bikini competition. And this was something that was always on my mind, but I just didn't know where to start. Like I had a few friends that did it, but I wasn't super close to them. And I was always nervous to do it because it's a whole new ball game. And anyways, I kind of like started playing with that idea. And I was like, you know what? I may as well just start. And if I don't want to do it, I can just pull out. There's no one that tells me I have to go all the way. And then again, this was during lockdown. So I kind of like was just training at my partner's gym and he's like really into the gym and everything. So he was helping me with form, helping me with educational around like nutrition and all those types of things. And then when we kind of came out of lockdown, I switched coaches and I went more to a female coach who I was like, you know what, I'm actually ready to go all in on myself. Cause this was also when I started my fitness Instagram page, which is the fit with Lily, like my main one that I use now. And as soon as I kind of started that, I just suddenly fell in love with health and fitness in the gym. And as soon as like I got back on board as my coach, I just like went all in and I went through a pretty intense growing phase from this is only last year as well. I went through an intense growing phase from like February to May. And like we got my calories up to 3000 and I was training like hard all the time. And then I just went into prep and that's kind of like where everything happened. And my whole journey just pretty much. And that's where I found my purpose. And pretty much from there, it's it's been incredible ever since. So I would say like it was definitely up and down. That's a bit of a short introduction to everything. And then now I went and competed end of last year, going through another growing phase. Now I'm to compete in a, another federation next year. And I'm so excited for what that will hold for me. But yeah. That is, that is very relatable in a lot of ways. And mm. um I just, yeah, I just really, really, really respect your drive and how you're just like, I should just go for it. If not, like, yeah, if not, like what's the, you know, what's going to happen if I don't. So I like, yeah. I like that mindset because I think, I think when we can make the most progress in life or in anything that we choose to do is when we have this level of ease. Cause like you can't, mm -hmm. I think when there's like a level of stress or anxiety or pressure that like people can, they can pick up on it, you know, yeah. and it's harder to show up as you want or to, um, yeah, be who, who you want to be in those moments when you're under pressure or anxiety. But when you have this ease of just like, let's just try it out. It's like, you can yeah. do anything, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And like, I was definitely nervous at the very start. Like I would weigh my food in the pantry or just like, I was nervous. Like people even asked me questions about it. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then like, I just felt this sudden shift in my energy and was like, I would weigh all my food in front of everyone. I'd bring my meal prep to like social occasions. And I would post all on my Instagram. Like I switched my account from private to public. And I just had this sudden change in mindset and was like, why am I hiding all of this when it's like exactly what I want to do when I know that deep down and I'm just scared of the fear of judgment the second you let go of that that is when your whole entire world changes and even my family will know that notice that shift from when I was a little bit more I wouldn't say insecure but a bit more reserved always people pleasing to now I know exactly what I want and I know how to get it 
And there's just a whole entire shift. And you can do that all by yourself just by letting go of that fear of judgment. Hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. I think even me, like that's something I've even struggled with that I've like talked to you about, but it's just like, yeah, that fear of judgment, like you said, like weighing your food in front of people or things like that, where it's like, you're nervous because you think that they're going to think things about you when a Mm -hmm. lot of it, I mean, they might be, but also a lot of it is in your head, you know? Exactly. And so it's like, you're going to let that like limit you from like progressing in the way you want. It's like, you can't, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I I think that that is the biggest thing with like all my clients as well it's literally like the fear of judgment holds them back from so much and even just simply trying a new exercise in the gym they're like what happens if people are looking at me I'm like no one is looking at you like literally I didn't even know I go to the gym all the time and I didn't couldn't figure out how to adjust the machine the other day standing there for 10 minutes couldn't figure out no one even like looked at me or cared to help because I didn't even notice I was adjusting it then I went asked reception they helped me fixed in two seconds like no one actually cares what you are doing in life but you and you are your harshest critic you're always trying to please other people so it's so important to just kind of go in your own lane and do your own thing and you'll see how much happier you are for it too Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Funny that you bring that up. I actually had an experience like I want to say it was like two days ago, three days ago. But I was trying to the hip thrust machine that I used was taken, and so I like yeah. had to go through hip thrusts on the Smith machine. And the bench I was using was like wobbly. So there was one side of the bench that was like elevated. And so when every time you like lay back on it, it would, um, it would like wobble. And so I was trying to do hip yeah. thrust and I was screwing around for like 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, I'll just wait until the machine is ready because I cannot get this <laughs> yeah. to work till, for the life of me. And it was funny. Yeah. Cause like everyone had saw me, I was like triggered. I was so mad about it. And one of the like people that was like working out at the gym came up to me and he was like do you need me to hold the bench for you I was like no no like it's okay I just started laughing so I was fun. like I was like just like forget about me I know I'm having like a moment over here but anyway, yeah so <laughs> exactly people aren't looking at you for the reason that you think they're just like like you said like they just want to help they're like oh you look like you're struggling I'll help you it's not like oh what is she doing trying to adjust that machine she obviously has no idea what she's doing in the gym no one's thinking that at all so yeah it's always just getting out of your own head Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So on to the next question, this like leads perfectly in what we were talking to. Um, so who inspired you to compete? Okay. This is a great question. Cause I feel like there was no one specific in mind. It was more of the industry because at that time, I think it was more like I wanted to test my own capabilities. And I feel like I was inspiring myself to compete, like to be my like next level self. But because I had no one, I knew no one in the industry. I didn't know anything really to do with the bodybuilding community. I didn't know who was good, who just entered, who's been doing it for 10 years. I literally had no idea. So I was going in like fresh meat at that time. And then kind of like going now, I would say like my biggest inspirations is a girl called like George Daniels. She's from um, America. Then a girl called Tabby Knight. She's from Australia. She's just like the hardest working person you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. Then also my coach, Beck just because more so she's come from um, a wealth of knowledge and I really value how much she um, takes care of her body, her hormones, and that she finds that really important balance between being successful, but also looking after your body. And then that's what I find really inspiration in the sport because some people take it way too far and they would rather 
get a gold medal, but at the same time, put their body under immense stress. And then they, and also let's say take performance enhancing drugs. And that's not a road I want to go down. So I really inspired by my coach, by being like natural and being able to make that balance between healthy hormones, having a healthy body, and also being really successful in the sport as well. And there's also so many other people who inspire me on the daily to compete. Um, But yeah, they were probably the key people in my life at the moment. Yeah, I think like with bodybuilding, um, it's kind of funny because like a lot of people I talk to are like the same way. Like you start out and it's like you like obviously you have to learn going into something, but like they don't know anything and then they like just want to try it on themselves and then they end up getting mm-hmm. invested into it that way. So exactly. I think that's really relatable for a lot of bodybuilders. That's always something that's like crossed my mind, but you kind of know like my whole journey, like how I'm just trying mm-hmm. to get my period back, restore my hormones, like get healthy yeah. before I can do really any of that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's like- okay too. Like I feel like a lot of people, they are actually just like at the foundation stages now. And I think people don't, they underestimate how important that is to get their mm-hmm. period back, to make sure they do have a healthy relationship with food and their gym and their bodies at a great level before they decide to compete. And even now you're just like, if that is something you do in the far, far future, let's say you're still setting the foundation blocks now, which is equally as important as going hard in the future. And I think people really underestimate the importance of that. Yeah, you're so right. I think like, especially with my age too, it's like, um, mm-hmm my mom has told me multiple times, but she's like, a lot of the things you're going to be doing now is just like experience. She's like, unfortunately, like as much as you want to be like in the game, like going now, she's like a lot of it's just, you need to like lay the foundation blocks, like you said. Um, but I also love how you brought up like the hormones and how your coach is like, so centered around that, like making sure that you're healthy and like not, you know, taking performance enhancing drugs and making sure that like your body's actually in a state of health before like competing, because like you said, a lot of coaches neglect that. They're like, Oh, you lose your period. Like no problem. Like you, you Mm want to take drugs. Like, let's do that. Let's train hard. Let's add all the stress. Like we just want to get you to look a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's good that you're focused on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, that's also why I transitioned from my other coach to Beck because I did start with a completely different coach and like nothing against him, but the protocols that I was kind of like, just like seeing from other people, other clients, I was like, I'm just not sure. And the second you're not sure, definitely change. You would rather be all in on a coach, all a hundred percent confident in what they're doing and that knowing that they care about you, not care about the gold medal. That is the most important thing. And like, even after comp Beck and I, like we worked closely together until I got my period back. And that was like the number one thing. And then she also was like, I want you to enjoy your summer. So we'll just hold maintenance. There's no reason to go into a growing phase and put on excess body fat straight away. So it's like, she also understood the mindset around it too, and didn't want to go from one stream extreme to the next. She was able to make make me enjoy my summer and then now we're going to a growing phase in winter and like she just really gets you as a client rather than just a person or a gold medal like say mm. Mm. I think it's probably too because it's like like even with you or I worked with you it was like you knew what I've experienced because you've been there and so I think she's probably yeah. been there in that mindset of like okay like for summer you're going to be in like less clothing swimsuits like you're going to want to feel confident in your body so it's important that we like think about that and it's like yeah she wouldn't have known that unless she had gone through it you know exactly yeah and I think it is important to touch on that quickly is like a lot of people say oh like you shouldn't care what you look like it's all about how you feel and like focusing on all that and yes there's obviously an aspect to that but at the same time 
you've still got to be confident in yourself and what you look like. And I think sometimes people take that importance away of it. And they're like, no, don't care. Just flaunt it no matter what. Like, but you still want to feel comfortable in your own skin. And I think that's really important as a coach to recognize with that in, with that in clients too, is yes, we do want you to be confident no matter what your phase is. And that is the number one important key factor. But secondly to that is also knowing that they are proud of the way they are looking because of the actions that they have had and made to help them look like that. And I think that's an important thing to recognize as well. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like thinking about the mindset of things is really important. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. So on to the next question. Let's see. Okay. This is a good one. As a coach, what do you think has been the hardest thing to overcome? Okay. I would definitely say the hardest thing is ebbs and flows in clients like when clients leave is not taking it personally at all and that is definitely something I've learned probably more so this year and then also setting boundaries for yourself so let's like quickly touch on the first one first is like clients are going to come and go like more than anything in life like they're not going to stick with you forever and I actually did like a whole podcast episode on like online coaching this week and it's I kind of touched on it there too but it's also knowing that like if a client leaves, sometimes that's actually a good thing because it means that you've given them all the tools and all the um, knowledge that they need to go off by themselves. And now they're more than capable to doing that. And then you have other times where I had another client this week, she is kind of had enough of training by herself. She wants to go to group training. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. Like you do that. And it's like being able to be so excited for your clients, no matter what they choose to do and accepting the fact that it is going up and down and it has nothing to do with your coaching style, with your coaching or whatever that may be. Um, and just accepting that. And I find it actually, when I do have like a client, like leave or come and it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm so excited for you, what the future holds for you and also holding space for them for being able to come back to you and not being like, Oh, okay. See you later. That sucks. Like, you know, just really keeping yourself to a high standard and then they may come back later and it's still being able to like keep that relationship with them. Like, let's say like you and I, like we're still good terms, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean anything bad at all. So that was like something I've navigated through and I'm really happy with like my mindset around that. And then secondly, just putting boundaries in place. Like we kind of touched on early in this podcast, I don't have to do anything at a certain time. I only have to do specific check-ins on Tuesday and Wednesday, but again, there's no time. So it's making sure that like I still wake up at six every morning and I still set foundations in place. I don't try not to work after 6 p.m. So you still have those boundaries in place. So you're not overworking yourself, but you're also still achieving your goals where possible. Yeah, that's, I, I can only imagine because like I am going in the coaching space, like how hard it is. Yeah. I mean, like you've said, you've learned, but like it's hard to like be able to, just have clients like leave you're like oh no like we built this relationship and it's like yeah you know you you feel close to them and you've put so much effort and energy but then it's like they have to go at some point but then you're like okay mm. well that's actually not a bad thing because like they've yeah. learned they've learned exactly. and they have the tools they need so it's like yes and I do like a, a very important point where you said kind of leaving that space I think that yeah. space is just like being a kind and a good person and like just being like, hey, like if you need to go, okay, that's totally okay. Rather than like yeah. you said, like being like, bye, whatever, not important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that that would be yeah. something that'd be a hard uh, lesson to learn. But I think it is just kind of something that comes with the business, like you said. Exactly. Um, it's literally just like returning an item of clothing to a store. It's like, oh, it, you didn't like it. It didn't fit you. It's not good for you anymore. Just return it. You know, it's like the exact same thing to coaching on business, like to not take it personally. Like 
let's say I'm returning a shot to like Glassons, which is a huge store in Australia. They're not going to be like, what didn't you like about this? What can we do wrong? Like what's wrong with us? Like it has nothing to do with you. I just like, it's not working for me at the moment. And it's just like Mm -hmm. kind of incorporating that and like kind of putting a wall up nearly not taking it too hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said too, like with the boundaries, it's like also holding expectations for yourself so that you, cause like without those expectations and without those goals set for you, it's like, it's hard to actually live in a place where you're not constantly working because it's like, if you weren't to wake up at 6am, maybe you had a delayed schedule and then you're like, oh, well now all my work's going to come on later in the night. So that's also a really important aspect as a self-employed person. Yeah. I think that is the biggest aspect into achieving your goals or not and it's just basically setting those boundaries in place and knowing what you're doing every day as well like I have like Monday it's kind of like more so like my admin work whatever kind of that may be I'll have like my podcast and then I'll also have like social media Tuesday Wednesday I know it's specifically to check-ins Thursdays to program by Fridays to onboard clients they are like my specific things and then around that I can like incorporate other things like after this podcast I'm going to train with a friend and that's what gives me that flexibility and then in the afternoon I won't know I'm working for another three hours so it's again like finding that flexibility, but also finding those boundaries instead of keeping those expectations to yourself. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a lesson I'm I'm working on. I'm trying to, you know, like you said, have the balance, learning that all the time. Um, yeah. But okay, next question for you. So I guess that kind of answers it. But what is something that you do that helps you to stay disciplined? Okay, disciplined. This is a good one because I would say this is probably in the most humble way, one of my best attributes. Um, And it's only come on in the past year. And it's not something that you just pick up and say, I'm disciplined or I'm not. It's something that you work towards and you have to implement daily for it to just become second nature to you. And I kind of say that I don't give myself an option and I don't give myself a choice. It's just what I'm doing. And that's my expectations. I'm not waking up in the morning or like, sorry, let's say I'm going to bed at night and I'm not saying to myself, oh, I'll see how I feel in the morning if I want to go to the gym or not. No, no, no. Like I'm going at 6 a.m. And I don't lean away for that. And that's like what I'm doing. Um, And I would say I'm very highly disciplined in that area because I don't give myself the choice. Majority of the time, like let's say I'm in prep because like off season is a little bit different. You can be um, very lenient with your food, but let's say in prep, I don't give myself the option to muck up basically. So I'm not going to go over my kells or under my kells for that day because I have a social event and I'm not sure what time I can eat. Like I am prepared and I'll set myself up in advance. I also always love the saying, fail to prepare equals preparing to fail. If you don't set yourself up, well, obviously you're not going to be able to Um, have the desired outcomes you lack. So like the night before, I'm most of the time, I know what I'm wearing for the gym because I've set that up for myself. I know what I'm having for breakfast because I know that I have those groceries in the house and all those tiny things add up to a great deal. Like the second that you don't have groceries, the second that you maybe haven't done your washing, like those tiny little things kind of can throw your day out. So it's making sure that you have everything set up and you're always a step ahead and never a step behind. Because the second you fall behind, that's when your discipline goes out the window without you even meaning it because you're just constantly chasing your tail. It's always being one step ahead and preparing everything. Mm, So yeah. I love that. Yeah. I really like that being one step ahead. Like, and you can do that. You have like little things that you can do. It's like, I think sometimes people think like being a step ahead is like you, there's not like anything you can really do to be a step ahead. It's like, Oh, it's just part of like the journey. It's like, no, like you really, there is a lot you can do. Like you said, it's like the little things that add up. 
Um, yeah, it is. And it's like the smallest things. It's like making sure you make your bed in the morning or like, let's say even filling up my car with petrol, you know, like if I know I have to be at the gym at like 7am, oh, but oh no, like the night before I couldn't be bothered filling up my car with petrol. Now I have to stop and go a different direction. Like it's just fill it up the night before, like just do it. And it's kind of not giving yourself that choice or that leeway. And it's like you said, just being as productive as you can. And if you're thinking about something, go do it that second. Don't be like, oh, I'll go do that later when I can be bothered because you you know that that's not going to happen at all. So it's making sure you do things as soon as you think of them too. Mm, yeah. My brother actually was like, I have two brothers and the other, there's yeah. like the one that helped me start a podcast is a different brother than the one I'm talking about now. Okay. But the other brother, <laughs> basically like he told me, when I was, I want to say like 12 years old, but he's like, if you're doing something like when you're thinking about it, just go do it now. Cause he's like, likely you're just going to forget about it and not do it later. And I was like, that's yeah. a great idea. And so like, from then on, I feel like that's something that I've carried with me that I really have like standby. And yeah, I really like that mindset too. Yeah. Um, okay. So on to the next question, let's see. Okay. So I love your mindset towards like fitness and nutrition. And I'm wondering like, what do you think, uh, what do you think we can be doing to have a better balanced mindset around uh, fitness and nutrition in society? Okay. This is my absolute favorite thing. And probably the biggest thing I work with a lot of my clients on and with the huge mindset shift in my own life as well is more balance and taking out the all or nothing approach. Because people think if they look at me or they think at like, they look at like really fit people, people who love that type of industry and those passionate about that. They think that they never have a off meal. They think that they never go off track, that they don't miss gym sessions. But in reality, the more you are successful, the more balance you have in your life. If you don't have balance, you're going to go to this all or nothing approach. You're going to go restrict your food or restrict the gym. And then all of a sudden you're going to go the complete other direction because it ends up being a chore and something you resent. And then you just have two weeks off because it's too hard. You can't do it anymore. So I think people as a society, we just think that if you love the gym, you have to go 24 seven, you have to eat chicken and broccoli 24 seven. But in reality, I went to the gym yesterday, trained super hard, came home, had an ice cream, had a hot chocolate, still ate my chicken and broccoli. But then like it's finding that balance as much as possible. The day before I had a rest day because my muscles and my body were sore. So I didn't go to the gym and I didn't want to either. I think like people also have the misconception of people who love the gym. They want to go every day. They're passionate. They're desired to train really hard. But like if I'm obsessed with rest days, I love my rest days more than nearly training sometimes. And that is okay. So it's finding that balance. And like I said, as a society, we're all, all or nothing. And we can restrict ourselves from Monday to Friday. And then we're sick of that. And we're like, oh, I can't be what they're doing at this anymore. I'm hungry. I'm craving food. And then we binge all the week on the weekend and we undo all the progress we've made during the week. The biggest thing I focus on with my clients is incorporating that ice cream during the week. If they're craving pizza, have pizza. Just have like three slices instead of the whole entire pizza and know that you can still have it the next day if you want it the next day. It's not that deep. And I think sometimes people take their relationship with food too far, but at the end of the day, it's just fuel and you actually need that to survive. You're not overthinking oh my gosh I need to go to the bathroom and drink water today when do I plan this out how often do I do that it's literally the exact same it's just fuel for your body and if you don't have food you're not going to survive so it's basically just finding that balance and not thinking about it too deeply but literally it all comes down to balance at the end of the day and as a society we are really missing that um that approach towards it exactly yeah and I've seen that like with a lot of um 
I don't want to like point people out, but like my parents, um, yeah. they are awesome. But like my dad, like, like they both just love to, um, like either go like all protein bars and protein shakes, and then they'll just do like meal replacement, which I mean, that can help like if they want to yeah. lose weight. Right. But it's like, yeah. you get so tired and like sick of that at one point, you just want to like mm-hmm. throw it all up in the air. And so it's like, you can yeah. find a way that you can like actually enjoy what you're doing. Like, even if it's just like, you know, uh, delicious just like salad that you make every day or whatever it is like whatever you can do to like make yourself enjoy it more like do that you know and yeah, so exactly yeah I love I love the mindset that you even helped me with too with like mm. everything we did I think we worked really hard on like helping me improve my relationship with food because it was just yeah. like it was hard for me to know when it was like the all or nothing like sometimes I'd yeah. be like oh, I screwed up. So I'm just going to have whatever I want. But then other days I would be like, okay, I learned from that. I made me feel really bad. So I should probably chill out and just have one thing. And then I can have tomorrow, you know, if I want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like if I, I pretty much have like some form of chocolate every single day because I love it. The second I'm going to restrict that is I'm going to want to eat the whole entire block on Friday. And that's when I went into like my more social era, I guess you'd call it, is I couldn't find that balance. I would try to restrict food all the day that I was starving by the time I got to dinner, that I would eat absolutely everything in the house rather than eating normally throughout the day, eating normally at dinner, and then just carrying on that routine the next day. And just making sure you're still incorporating social socializing into your weekly routine as well to keep that balance in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So since you are like, you're in a growing phase now, but like, you know how hard it can be like to go through prep. And so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. what are some of the tools you use, you have used to get through the hard days? Okay. The hardest days in prep, you always look at your goals and you don't think about, honestly, I just couldn't really think too much. I basically was just focusing on hour by hour at that point, knowing that there was three things I had to do for that day, whether that go, go to work, focus on just going to work. Don't think about going to the gym after focus on right then and there being present in that moment. Because if I'm thinking about the gym and then I have to do cardio and then I have to pose and I have to go for a walk, I'm going to stress myself out. And I know that I don't have energy for that today so making sure that I'm focusing on work in that very moment then when I leave work go and do my gym session just focus on the gym session as much as possible then go do cardio focus on that so it's taking your days little bits by little bits the other big thing was don't procrastinate you cannot procrastinate in prep because the second you do it gets 10 times harder it's like you need to smash it all out as soon as you can then you can go home and rest and do nothing pretty much and just be a potato on the couch because you've done everything that day. So it's focusing on taking it little bit by little bit, not procrastinating and focus on your future goal. The really hard days I knew, know that I signed up for prep. So I knew it was going to be hard. Like if it was going to be easy, everyone would do it, right? So you'll kind of already know that you're going to have these really hard days through that. It's basically just knowing that that specific day is going to make you a better person overall. And let's say in prep, I guess, this is definitely not for anyone else out there, but if you're feeling hungry, you're feeling tired, lethargic, it's working. You're getting the body that you need to compete and just kind of like really diving in on that. And sometimes the hardest days kind of make you feel really good and accomplished when you get through it. And knowing the next day when you wake up, you're going to be so thankful that you pushed in and didn't cave into any of those thoughts that you may be having. And you're one step closer towards your goals. Hmm. Yeah. I freaking love that. I think if it's uncomfortable, it's working. That's like something you can literally like live by when it comes to anything you're trying to pursue. So Yeah. yeah, like you said, if bodybuilding was easy everyone would do it I just barely interviewed a bodybuilder I want to say it's my last episode actually but um 
she said the like same thing. She's like, I took it hour by hour. Like I can't overwhelm myself thinking about everything at once. Cause if I do, I'd stress myself out. And yeah. so I think that's something we can all like work on, especially with like how much distraction there is nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. just taking things like hour by hour. I know it's like, we're not always in prep and we're not like starving. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. how that feels. Like if you haven't body built, if you haven't done like a show before, but in other areas, I think you can apply that same like principle. If you are like going through something really uncomfortable or hard, it's like take it hour by hour and realize that it's working if it's uncomfortable. Exactly. And I think if you weren't uncomfortable, well, you wouldn't be growing as a person. And I always say, and always just remind myself, the more uncomfortable you are, it means the more you are growing and trying to lean in towards that as much as possible. Because as humans, we naturally like to feel safe, which is completely normal. It's human behavior. So the second you feel safe, you just stay in your comfort zone. You're not physically or mentally growing. So the second you feel uncomfortable, everything's working. It means you are leveling up as a person because you're pushing your own boundaries and entering a new space for yourself. Mm, yeah. And it's like, I think too, from hearing your like fitness journey, when you finally like went all in on for yourself, it's kind of like that same idea of like just the acceptance. It's like once you accept where you are, it's like, okay, now I can give it all I all I have because it's like I know where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to be doing because it's like I just accept exactly. where I'm at. So I think it's yeah. like what you've really mastered is acceptance because it's allowing you to be able to like have the freedom to do whatever you want because you accept that and you give it all you all you got, you know? Yeah, I've actually never thought of it that way. And that's a really good way to put it is acceptance just like accept that you are leveling up accept that you're not the old person that you used to be and be okay with that and that's Mm -hmm. what it comes down to at the end of the day is accepting the new version of you and showing up as her every single day where you can right and it's like too so I listened to a podcast with Andrew Huberman do you know do you know Andrew Huberman no he has a podcast called the Huberman lab but he has been studying I like love this guy. I watch all of his stuff, but, um, he's been studying at Stanford for like over 12 years. And so he's done a bunch of like research studies and all this stuff. And he's very educated, but, um, he talked about the like principle of accepting. I can't remember. I just lost my train of thought. Dang it. (laughs) I hate that. Sorry. (laughs) I was going to say something so good. And I started like looking off in the distance and I lost my thought. If it comes back to me, we'll come back to it. I'm so sorry. Anyways, I'll put that podcast on my list to listen to as well. Yeah, it's really Sounds good. very insightful. Mm. Oh, he talked about, we were just talking about acceptance. What was he saying? Oh, yes, finally. I remember. Okay. So he said when you are pushing past like a threshold, like psychologically, um, and you like understand that you are, like you recognize that you're pushing past something and you accept it. He's like, that gives you the energy to keep going. So he's like, if you can recognize like you're pushing past towards like something and you realize that it's like a motivation and like literal energy, like dopamine in your mind to like help you to keep going. So it's really cool. That is very, very true. Cause like to put it in a probably more simple way, like literally I was just on, I was doing like barbell deficit reverse lunges after hitting a PB yesterday. And I was dead like I was gone but knowing that I felt like that I was like oh okay this is like getting into like being really uncomfortable now and for some reason I got a new wind I got a new light and I really like loved that feeling and could keep pushing through and not felt like giving up at all because like you said you had that psychological response where you're like okay this is uncomfortable this is hard and I'm going to push even further into it because I know that I'm expanding and growing and this is the only way to do that. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's how often do we recognize our own progress? I think it's so rare. Like you, yeah. 
day to day, you don't recognize things because it's not that big of a difference. But it's like when you do have those moments where there is something that you're actually like accomplishing, it's like to recognize that in the moment is like what will give you the energy to keep moving forward. So kind of a cool yeah, thing. I like but that. I really like also that. I love um I loved your stories. I saw them yesterday. It did look like that would be, <laughs> I don't know how you did that. Honestly, I had those in my split today. Cause I still feel like I'm following the same plan that we were yeah. doing. Yeah. I had deficit lunges and I was just like, all right, I need like a three minute break after this. Like, I don't know. Oh, how yeah. you did that. I have to mentally prepare myself before I do them every single week. And I know that's my hardest session as well. And it's just, it's fun, but it's also not. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. sometimes too, I'm just, I literally like have to like put my phone away, like put everything, like just go mm-hmm. and do it. Like I like the second I'm thinking about it, like you said, I just go and I'm like, get it done. Like, don't think about yeah. it. You know, I used to actually have the time myself doing hack squats. I don't do hack squats anymore. Cause I actually hurt my back, but oh. I used to have to time myself because I would take five minute breaks in between every set. I would procrastinate them because I hated them. So I actually had to, I gave myself seven minutes to do all the sets and I got it done. And that was the way that I got through a specific exercise that I hate is time yourself and only allocate that time and get it done as fast as you can, essentially. That's genius. I like time myself in other areas, but I've never done that at the gym, but I should yeah. because I mean, there's certain it's exercises great. I'm like, screw <laughs> this. I would rather be anywhere else right now, but <laughs> yeah. the accomplishment yeah. you feel is like, pretty incredible after though you're like all right oh absolutely the hardest part done like let's go I'm feeling good it's you know? worth it yeah yeah um okay I have so many questions on here but we will um we're getting <laughs> long on time here but okay so what are your th- top three recommendations to people who are looking to grow an online coaching business oh okay my first one is definitely do you have the foundation set in terms of have you had gym experience first off like in terms of I never did one-on-one coaching on the floor which I know a lot of people highly recommend I would highly recommend it but I didn't that was not the path that I went down I did group training on the floor for about a year and a bit um, and that definitely helped me expand my knowledge in terms of form I thought I knew a lot before I went there and I absolutely did not and they really help you just pick up on little things how to cue people because as a PT you know all the technology like the harder terms I would say and that's not relatable towards a client they're like what did you say retract my shoulders back how do I do that and it's basically just like giving them little tips and cues to make it more sense it's like squeeze a pencil between the back of your shoulder blades that makes more sense to them but but, um besides like retract your shoulders back and it's little cues like that that floor experience definitely help you so number one my first tip would be have experience in a gym in some form before going online is super important number two is also i think you need some sort of presence in terms of like do you have a fitness coaching page are you putting flyers up around like everywhere. Like how are people going to know you have an online coaching business? They just can't come to you and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to sign up with you when like all of a sudden you have, they don't even know what you've done in your past. You have no accreditation. So it's really setting those foundations in terms of like setting up an Instagram, getting client testimonials. People aren't going to come to you if they don't see that you even coach clients. So it's making sure that even if you do cheaper prices to start, do that so you get clients on board. You can um, show their progress online and people are like, oh, she went from this weight to this weight or she looked like that and now she's lifting this weight. And just making sure that you do have like testimonials behind yourself so that you can have a reputation um, towards actually coaching clients and getting results. Um, and then my third tip would be 
is I'm going to say expectations is like the biggest thing is don't expect everyone to come to you at once. And this kind of goes hand in hand with the other two. You've really kind of got to meet yourself with where you're at. If you see another coach online who has basically suddenly got 20 clients and like all at once they just launched, that's may not going to be you at all. You may sell your coaching business for a month straight and get zero clients or get one client, but just don't give up on yourself and keep going. Even through the days you don't feel like it and you feel like it's not working, the more you show up for yourself, the more it is going to click, I promise you. Um, but also keep that side job on the side. I definitely recommend having a passive income as a starter online coach because like I said earlier in this podcast, you're going to have ebbs and flows. You may all of a sudden have 15 clients, then you have three because something's happened or like you will have like them drop on, you'll have them come on. So it's making sure that you do have another side of income to keep yourself safe because you don't want to act out of a place of stress in your business. You want to act out of a place that you absolutely love it. So making sure you still have that another income on the side where safety is. Then when you get to a certain point, we have a specific amount of clients. It's okay if it goes up and down, it's not the end of the world, but making sure you still have safety net there. But I would say those are my three top tips, I guess. Those are all really, really good. Like, and I love your way of exp- explaining things like you have a very well-rounded like vocabulary and the way you you explain things I feel like connects with people really well and so that that could be from your gym experience but it could also just be you know who you surround yourself with like you just are very good at that so that's something that I, I would I love definitely say that it's who I surround myself with because it's only happened in the past year and it's when I have had friendships with specific people that I know who expand me. Um, and even like my mom even commented this on the other day, she was like, the way you speak now, is completely different to how you spoke a year ago and it's completely mm-hmm. changed. So a huge thing in life is surround people, surround yourself with people who motivate and inspire you and force you to level up and don't keep you the same. So I have like really close friends with me who always want me to be doing more and to be better and to make sure you have those aligned friendships, because if you don't, they always say you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And really think about that if you want to be the same as those five people around you. Mm, yeah. yeah. Friends are such an important thing. And I feel like that's why through like for me, even with high school, it's been hard because I think there's a lot of like people you outgrow. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, you have a lot of people who are still like, and it's okay to still be figuring things out. But like you said, you want people who are like pushing you and motivating you. And if you are like figuring things out for yourself, you want other people who are inspiring you to do like, they're doing the same things, you know, like they're actually yeah, like, exactly. trying to progress and grow, like you said. So yeah. yeah, that's a very important aspect, especially to fitness, I think too, with like wanting yeah. to get stronger and yeah, get healthier, all the things. Um, yeah. But Okay. So last couple questions for you. What are your current goals? Okay, my current goals. So I'm actually going to Europe in two weeks for a month, which is so exciting. So like all my goals are a little bit on halt at the moment. But as soon as I get back, my current goal is competing in IFBB season A next year, which is like a whole level up of a federation. Um, I know I'm going to achieve that goal. So it's basically just like going to do that. Um, and then I would also say, expanding my business and hiring someone underneath me to also like keep pushing myself in that way because there's only so much one person can do and to really push yourself and grow in business that's when you really need to start taking other people on board um so that's more of like a business financial goal and then I have like 
are there like more social media goals in terms of um, like expanding the podcast, really actually using that as a part-time income as well? And then also working with specific brands. Like I guess my ultimate goal is to work with Gymshark. That would be absolutely a dream come true. So yeah, those are my main goals at the moment. Those are all awesome. And it's cool that like there's so many facets that you're pursuing and there's so many things that Mm. you're like working on. And I think that's where a lot of people like, can like look at you and do the same thing like they can think about like okay am I doing it financially am I doing it you know with my health am I doing it with my income like all the different things there's so many sources of like ways to be developing like if you're developing so much in one area it's like important to consider like the other areas that you should be developing into you know kind of giving a little investment into everything yeah, if I had my only goal of competing in season A next year and let's say getting into first call outs or something, well, then other areas in my life would slip. I wouldn't be earning as much money or my social media wouldn't be growing as much and I would just be stable in that area. Yes, I may achieve that goal, but then I'm not elevating myself in other areas in life. So it's really important that, yes, you can have a huge goal you are leaning towards and make sure you are still leveling up every other aspect in your life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the I listened to a podcast with Ed Milet and Matthew McConaughey. Do you know Matthew McConaughey? I've heard of him, yeah. He's like the most attractive actor in the whole world. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I want to say Main he's movies, like, not good. <laughs> no, same, but like he he's just someone I feel like that's he's really popular. But anyways, he's okay. like in his 40s or something now. But yeah, right. he just talked yeah. about like um thinking about your investments, like how where are you investing? Like uh, in your life like how many areas mm-hmm. of your life are you investing in he's like if you're lacking a little bit in this area like maybe you should give more to this and take a little bit out of this he's like you just like have like a little piggy bank you're distributing to different areas of your life each each and every week so yeah that's very important very important yeah yeah I like that um okay so you kind of I said current goals but I guess you also mentioned kind of some of your future goals do you have any like future goals that you didn't mention Um, in terms of like far future goals, I guess I would love to really like more so physically like business. I wouldn't like really know in like the competing space and like future, future goals is to coach clients to compete. That is like another huge goal that I have that will like happen in the future. And I'm like already setting foundation, like the baby steps in it now. Like my coach is my mentor to compete, like one of the girls. I'm like working under her in certain aspects to learn things, to be able to achieve that goal in the future. Um, and then also, I guess, turn my business into like a company. So have like multiple employees under me and then even being like, I'm not actually specifically like working in the business, I'm working on the business. And I think that's a very big difference that my dad has also taught me that there's a difference between working in your business all the time and then working on your business to expand it and being able to constantly do that rather than being doing 50 different roles every single day, being like the CEO and growing the business and really working towards that. So I feel like that would be a really cool space, whatever I do in that, if that's just online coaching or if that's like, I don't even know what could happen in a few years, but like other things that I expand into because only two years ago, I was working in a marketing job and now I'm earning my own business. So who knows what could happen in a few years time. Totally. Yeah. And especially with like the presence of social media, like you said, when you mentioned your tips is it's like, since you have built an online presence, it's only a matter of time before more people find you. So it's like, who knows what could happen? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So last couple of things. Okay. So I guess, yeah. Where can people find you? Okay. So I have an Instagram account, which is fit with Lily, um, double Y at the end, F I T 
W-I-T-H-L-I-L-Y-Y. Um, and then I also have a coaching page, which I don't post heaps on, but it still gets kind of there. Um, it's just connected to my Instagram. If you have a look at my bio. And then I also have a podcast. It's called Raw Reality Podcast. Um, I do that with my best friend, Tori, or Tori Story, if you know her on Instagram. Also have a YouTube account, just Lily Ritchie or Fit With Lily. Um, trying to upload here and there. It is a lot of effort when you're trying to do other things as well, but they are my main platforms at the moment. But the main, biggest one I do use is Fit With Lily, my Instagram account. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, please go follow her and go listen to her podcast. I've definitely done that already, but going to keep mm-hmm. listening because I learned so much from your podcast already. And yeah, I just am so grateful for you and so thankful that you were on today's episode. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. It was definitely a good time and I can't wait to keep building a relationship over the next year and just yeah, become friends well. with you. <laughs> me as well. Yeah. Okay, well, um, thanks for joining us, everybody. And I hope you had a notepad and or pen and or notes of some sort that you were listening and taking notes. I know I sure was. Um, But yeah, have a great rest of your night or day. And thanks for tuning in. And we are out. See ya.